you'd like to be a part of Transfer Tea, fill out our submissions form. Find the link in the description or on any of our social platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Hi, welcome back to Transfer Tea. Today, I am twinning with my interviewee. We're wearing our Stanford gear. I'm interviewing Al John, and I will just let him go ahead and introduce himself, and then we'll get straight into it. Hi, everyone. My name is Al John. I am 26 years old, and I'm here at Stanford University right now. I am a, an international relations major, and I'm hoping to minor in creative writing. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> so like you said, you're 26 and now you're like doing this recording from your dorm room at Stanford, which I am sure you did. I know because of what you've told me that like you did not expect to, to be here. And I would love to just go all the way back and hear like what it took to get you where you are now. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll start in high school. I don't know what year of high school is like the most relevant to begin in, but if you want to just go ahead and talk about high school and we can go from there. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I graduated high school in 2012 and yeah. When the world was supposed to end. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, like my senior class joked about how like we were the last graduates on earth or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. I graduated in 2012 and, you know, as one would go through, you know, under senior year of high school, thinking about college, you know, and scholarships and stuff like that. And I, yeah, you know, I was one of them. I went through like applying to schools and scholarships and stuff like that. And um, I was, I was a low income kid, you know, it was, I was a, uh, you know, I was I, w I was going to be the first person in my family to go to school, and you know, me with me being a first generation immigrant, also that was really important, you know, to go to college, oh, and yeah, and I landed all these scholarships, all these acceptances from schools in my state, and um, it wasn't until two months before I graduated that. I realized that my green card was going to expire. Yeah. And so I, yeah, it was going to expire like later on that year when I was going, when I was, you know, going about to go to school, oh or to college. Yeah. And so I talked it over with my mom. And I think we both knew that the, you know, that best option was to go and deal with, you know, with my, citizenship yeah and so instead of renewing my green card i decided to apply for citizenship and i would be the first one in my family to apply for citizenship wow. and, and my thought process was you know if i get through it i could help my mom i could help my sister and my other family members and so i really did not like the fact that i was going to give up my dream to go to college just to, you know, to do my citizenship. But it was a very important thing that I had to do. You know, it, it was, yeah, very important that I had to do. Yeah, it's just hard to have to choose between those two things. Like, yeah, yeah. And so I, yeah, I ended up applying for citizenship and it was 
super expensive, like a lot more expensive than I thought it would be. We had a graduation party where like my family and, you know, friends showed up and they gave, you know, they gave me you know, money for school. You know, it, it was supposed to be for school, but I ended up using it to cover the cost for my citizenship. So when I applied and I waited and I waited and I waited and it was a, a very long process, a very expensive process. At the time of my application, there was a backlog. And so it took about four years to get everything. Yeah, just to, for me to become a citizen, it took four years. But during that time, you know, I, you know, I didn't just sit around. I did some odd jobs. I um, helped my family out with finances because we really were struggling. We were struggling financially. And I, you know, took care of my siblings. I'm the oldest of five kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I took care of my siblings and helped, helped my family out, you know, just to um, make ends meet. Even then, like, I wasn't... It, it, I can't really explain. I, it's really complicated, but like it's not like I could show up somewhere and apply for a job. Yeah. Because of you know my citizenship status, like I had an expired green card, but I was still allowed to be here. You know, it's yeah. You're just waiting. Yeah, I was just waiting. So like a lot of the work that I did was under the table. I had to travel everywhere just to you know, like there were several appointments that I had to do. Uh, for my citizenship, I had to travel to Birmingham and then to Atlanta and, and uh, yeah, like back and forth. And yeah, it was very complicated too. And so I had to, yeah, I had to navigate all, all this by myself. My mom didn't know what to do. I, you know, and, right, and you're the first. yeah. And so, but like, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, I'd rather go through it and then not my mom because mm. it's a lot more complicated i feel like it would it would be a lot more complicated for her yeah so i <laughs> and yeah just i just went ahead and dealt with it and i eventually became a citizen and my citizenship ceremony was in yeah november 2015 but i still wasn't i had my citizenship ceremony I was considered one, but I wasn't in. But my status wasn't in file yet, and it wasn't going to be in file until the following year. So you couldn't like still do anything, basically, like work, right? Right. Or as a citizen. Wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I couldn't do anything until like until January, and and the uh, the guy who who did the. who hosted the ceremony? He told it. He told all of us. He strictly told us, "Hey, even though you had you had your ceremony, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything yet. Wait until January." <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, at that time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so over this." It's, but you know, it's it's a privilege that not a lot of people have, and even yeah, even though it was a very exhausting very uh expensive very convoluted process it was a really it was a very very much a privilege and to help me get through it like i thought about the sacrifices that my mom made as an immigrant and yeah i mean like i mean i felt horrible complaining about it but then you know here's here's my mom 
you know, giving up a lot of things, you know, working two jobs and for a lot for the longest time, raising five kids on her own. That in and of itself is like yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, so so thinking about that really put everything into perspective. And yeah, and yeah, I just felt horrible com- complaining about it, but it was again very much a privilege to be a citizen. Hold on, I'm so sorry. Wait, don't cry. (laughs) I I have almost cried on these before. They get very, like, because it's crazy, like, to think that people go through so much and you don't really realize, and everyone just sort of judges, you know, like, on the peripheral without taking the time to, like, really get to know someone. And I feel like that's what's so valuable about stuff like this too is like it just lets you sort of think like schools that do give preference to non-traditional students that's so amazing and it's like Mm -hmm. it's so important and I've run into people who are like oh why would they do that and it's like because these people have people go through so much yeah and like it was my again it was my dream to go to college and it was you know it was so important for, for me you know to change my life trajectory Cause I want, cause you know, like just think about the sacrifices that my mom made. You know, I, I made this oath for myself. You know, I was like, well, once I get a job, once I graduate college and get a job, I'm gonna get my mom a big house. I'm gonna, you know, you know just a big thank you to her. Like and you. yeah, yeah, wow. but yeah, it's it was yeah. So like, at, you know, at the age of 18, when I realized that I couldn't you know, go to college, it, you know, I had a very, very adult moment. I mean, legally, you know, as, at 18, you're legally an adult, but I had like a big adult moment. And, you know, sometimes you have to put aside your dreams to focus on reality. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was a very tough thing to accept. But that, I think, was what pushed me into like real adulthood (laughs) but it's also like everything kind of falls um I feel like in it like comes in its due time like everything sort of opens up as it should um maybe we can talk about what it was like finally in January or when (laughs) you were in the system yeah was it immediately for you, like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to go to college as soon as I can? Right. So, yeah, so I wanted to start that spring, but school had already started for, yeah, for the community college that, uh, in, in, my, in, in my hometown. So I couldn't enroll, but I, I did plan on enrolling that fall to school. Yeah, I did plan on enrolling to school, but, like, I, at that point, I didn't think about going to community college that point I was just like hey you know you know I got this done start uh, it's time for me to start applying to schools like four years yeah to four years and I did I ended up applying to four years and then the rejections started coming in and it wasn't really like what you would expect it's not like it's not like uh you know I'm sorry we can't offer you admissions here it was more like because of you know, because there was a huge gap in your education, we want you to start elsewhere to start an academic record. Uh, and exactly. yeah, yeah, they want yeah, like all the schools that I applied to, pretty much said they wanted me to start an academic record elsewhere. 
And I'm just like, well, how can I start an academic record if I'm not, if I'm getting rejected everywhere? But then I realized, oh, it's community college. You know, that was the best option for me. And honestly, at that time, I still had this mindset that community college was the lowest of the low. Like, I didn't want to go to community college because I thought that I could go elsewhere. Because back in high school, like, I had this idea that community college was only for students who didn't do well in high school. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, like, not to, like, to my own horn or anything, but I, you know, I wasn't, you know, one of those kids in high school. Like, I was a hard worker. I did the most challenging course load, and I, I didn't want to go to community college because of that. But since it was my only option, you know, I had no choice but to suck it up and start an academic record there. So in fall 2016, I enrolled at Wallace State Community College, Hansville. And I was nervous. I was very, very nervous because it had been years since I've been, you know, since I stepped foot in the school. And I was like, I was like, do I still remember like math or English? (laughs) Stuff like that. But as soon as I walked into my first class, I was like, you know, this is actually really cool. This was, yeah, probably the best choice I made because like all throughout the, like all throughout my time there, the first year, I, I just learned so much and connected with my professors and it opened up this, you know, whole new world for me, at least. And I was able to just learn a lot from my, from my peers, from my professors. And I don't, and like at that point, I was like, why, why is community college, like, why does it get the, like, a, such a bad reputation? Mm-hmm. Because it's like the best thing for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And it was the best thing for me. And I, I was able to expand my knowledge. And yeah, I loved it. I loved, I loved being at community college. Um, I had to first force myself to unlearn the, the stigma that comes with community college. And so it was a very rewarding process to unlearn, unlearn all of that. Because it was, it was a very, you know, I like, it was, thinking back, I was just like, gosh, now you're so pretentious. It's like a humbling experience. Yeah, it was a very humbling experience. But yeah, it's, I think it was also because I was very, I was just very much very, I was very self-conscious about going to community college. Like when you told other, like, would you tell other people or did you feel kind of like weird in the beginning to tell people? Yeah, I was at school or in my town. It was actually normal to go to community college. Hmm. But I think because I think the the reason why I was self conscious about going to that community college was because everyone else did, and I did not want to be like them because I I came from a town where where you go to that community college and you just stay there, you know, and you you just stay you just stay in that town and never leave, and I had I was a kid that had big you know big dreams you know big aspirations and. That was why I was self-conscious about going to community college. Wow. That was why I had that, you know, that idea. Because, you know, like, I'm an immigrant. I'm a first-generation immigrant. I'm a first-generation student. 
And I, you know, I had those big dreams and I didn't want to be stuck in that town with the rest of the, you know, with, with that, you know, with people who didn't have the drive that I had. And so, yeah, that was why I was self-conscious about going to community college, but it was a place for me to start my academic record. Um, it really, it really changed my perception about, about community college. So I think first that that's so interesting to consider, and it is very fair. Like a lot of people don't want to stay in their hometowns and yeah. it, it gets scary when the people around you don't have that same sort of aspiration or mindset because you can fall into that very easily. Yeah. But clearly you didn't because now <laughs> you're in California. Yeah. Um, and I would love to kind of hear not, not like why you think that you got to where you are now. I granted, I don't think any of us really know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah. But more of just kind of like, what are some of the things that you did that you felt like played into who you were as an applicant and what ultimately motivated you to apply to the schools you did and what led you past the stigma and mm -hmm. to the like successful point that you are at now. I think a lot of people would love to hear that. I think like over the, over the years, I just, you know, I just, I just grew up, you know, I was just like, I started having a different mindset. I was like, who cares if I go to community college, I'm over here getting a great education. I'm connecting with my professors. They're, you know, they're challenging me to think outside the box. And, and yeah, so I think that really played a role and, you know, into, into the kind of person that I am today. And so, so because I didn't, I had this, you know, this who cares, you know, what other people think attitude, and, you know, I was like, who cares what people think? It's not my business. You know, I just did the things that I wanted to do in community college. Like I, like I joined um, Phi Theta Kappa. I joined Mu um, Alpha Theta, Sigma Kappa Delta. Um, and I just, I just did my own thing. I, I just did my own thing. I took the classes that I wanted to take. Well, actually, no, that's, that's a lot. I couldn't take the classes that I wanted to take because I was in the general studies track. And so there was, yeah, there was, you know, certain mm -hmm. classes I had to take. But, but yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I did, you I did, did what you wanted. wanted. Like, those were your and During, you know, during that time at community college, I, I thought I wanted, I thought I knew what I wanted to do before community college. I thought I wanted to go into, into, um, into uh, English, you know, to major in English because I, back in high school, it was my best subject. And yeah, so, so I thought I wanted to major in English, but um, the more I was challenged in community college, um, the more I realized that, you know, English wasn't the best track for me, but rather more like, more like uh, politics and because, you know, I, you know, like that, my upbringing, you know, as a first generation immigrant and a student, and also I, because I lived in a very, uh, very white, very rural town and the racism that I experienced that played a role in, 
and like wanting to go into into um you know international relations and yeah so i think my upbringing in you know in rural alabama played a major role in all in in my major made it played a major role in in my academics yeah <laughs> that's interesting and you sort of found that while you were at cc like before it was do you think like even when you entered community college you wanted to do english or did that change like did you kind of already know that or when did that happen in, i was pretty much set on english you know on majoring in english but I, I just kept an open mind yeah i kept an open mind I and see. you know i just took classes did you just sort of discover it you think like through taking classes and like realized it was yeah because a lot, I, I, I thought that all the classes i took had like readings mm -hmm. you know that talked a lot about race and so that really that really interested me into yeah into going into international relations that's really cool to think about how your classes shaped you and i love that i think like it's crazy to think that you should have a major as soon as you get into college when in college really like you discovering what you even are passionate about so i guess we'll move over to like when you went to transfer um or to do those applications i guess this is like your third time doing college applications. yeah, yeah it was my third <laughs> time and well no actually it was my fourth time because i because okay so oh. after my my first year at community college with it being community college you had no choice but to transfer you know if you want to continue your education and so i at that point i was like you know what is, what does the common application look like right now because you know it was you know i still i used the common application back in high school but i was like what does it look like now mm -hmm. and so i looked wow. you know i looked at the transfer application and just you know just to, just filled it out just just you know just to what to expect for the for the next year and yeah so i guess it was just like a practice application yeah so so yeah i did end up applying to a few schools like sending it out to a few schools just to you know just to, just so i know what to expect for for next year and one of the schools that i applied to was stanford so <laughs> yeah so so yeah it was it was that was just a practice application but at least i knew what to do for the for the upcoming year and so since you did it so many times um what is your advice for students um you could even speak if you want mm -hmm. to specifically to non-traditional students when it yeah. comes to filling out applications um maybe especially like if those applications yeah. are very, like they're pretty vague like they don't really ask you about like whether you're non-trad or whether you're traditional or whether you're this or that they're very broad like what would what is your advice for sort of filling out apps well i think um the best advice i could give is to show who you really are in, in your essays that's they will they will you know admissions officers will you know appreciate that you know you you don't want to write about what you think they want to hear you know just show just show who you are as a person 
and you know how much you grew over the years and and you know just just be who you are show your voice in your essays so true they can see through what's not real i think that's their job i love that a lot too i think the essays really give room especially stanford with the amount of uh, questions (laughs) i can't believe you did that twice that's that's impressive Uh, Um, yeah again just for practice i know that sounds so weird but yeah it was yeah but i I did yeah i applied like in the first try i applied to like eight schools and i got accepted to one and um, I wasn't going to go to that school because the financial aid was pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell you which school it was later. <laughs> but the second time around in community college, like, did you narrow it down? Did you do less than eight? So after, you know, the 2016, 27 school year, 2017 school year, you know, I had every in- intention of applying, of, you know, continuing my education the following fall. But um, there was a family situation that happened. We weren't doing well financially. And so, um, you know, again, there was, you know, giving up my dream again of continuing my education. And, you know, again, putting it aside. But I had a lot more important things to focus on. And the main one was my family, you know, my my mom and my stepdad, they had to work out of state just to make ends meet. And so I stayed home to take care of my siblings. And um, that took about two years just to just for us to be financially stable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah, I had to, you know, again, put aside my education just to help out my family. And but this time around, it was you know, a much easier choice. Because you know, if I were eighteen, I would, I would, you know, I would probably be really upset. But now, but you know, at twenty-four, you know, I was just like, you know, okay, it's fine. You know, I have important things to focus on. You know, I can focus on my education later, and and you know, before before that, I had this idea that I had to get my bachelor's you know, within four years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even though your bachelor, yeah, it takes four, four years to get your bachelor's, that doesn't mean that, that you're constrained within that four years. So yeah, so yeah, I had to unlearn that. I was like, you know, I'm just going to take my time. Like, who cares what people think? If it's, you know, if I'm going to be, you know, if it's going to take me until like what, until I'm like, 28 to get my bachelor's or yeah. So yeah. you know, again, another unlearning process where, you know, I had to just remind myself, I don't, ha- you know, it doesn't have to take four years to get your bachelor's because your circumstances in life are going to change. It's going to get, you know, circumstances are going to get in the way and you can't plan your circumstances. Yeah. So you have to just go with it. Yeah. And at that time, you know, I had, I had high school friends who, you know, who were, who had already gotten their bachelor's or some of them were in their master's program. And I was like, gosh, what am I going to get there? You know, I, I, you know, but, you know, even though, you know, I tried to unlearn that, you know, sometimes that thought just comes creeping back in like, Oh gosh, when am I going to get there? You know, but then I was like, you know, just because 
just because I'm not yet at the finish line doesn't mean that I won't get there. So very tough thing to accept, but I eventually accepted it. So, yeah. So as we sort of, we have been talking for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) As we come, like, we've sort of neared the end of your journey as we've kind of reflected on it. But I, I think that what, comes out so much in your journey is just the fact that like school doesn't have to be the thing that your life revolves around like your life revolves around life Mm -hmm. and I would just love maybe if you could even go like to 18 year old Eldron who's who's giving up his college dream um, and speaking maybe similarly to other students who aren't necessarily on the path that they thought they would be on what would you say to them now that you're 26 at Stanford, left Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say? Uh, I would tell them, well, I would tell myself to just take your time. Just take your time and, and just, you know, do what you can do because that's all that you can do. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I could say to myself at least in a hope you know, that'll hopefully speak to others, you know, who have, yeah, who are probably going through the same thing or have similar situations or something like that. But yeah, but yeah, just do what you can do. It's all you can do. (laughs) But also I feel like you worked really hard and you did do your best at what you did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so. So, yeah. And like, it was, yeah, I'm like, I'm very grateful com- for community college and for the support that I got over there. Um, it, they, they really, my success coach she, uh, at community college, she really encouraged me. She saw something in me that I didn't see in, in myself. And um, yeah, and so she really encouraged me to shoot for the stars. And so like we sat one, we sat down one day and she was like, so where do you want to go, uh, you know, after well, you know, after your time here at community college? And at that time, I was like, I was like, it, be, it would be really great if I got, if I got, if I go to Stanford. And like, at the, <laughs> it was, for me, it was like, you know, a really big secret because, you know, no, no one from my town has ever, you know, gone to these elite schools you know it was just you know the community college and and yeah and so um yeah I wanted to to you know just you know shoot my shot get to uh you know get in you know just to try to get into here and so um there was yes you really encouraged me and she was like she was like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. And she, yeah, she really encouraged me to do it. And yeah, now here I am. And yeah. And of course, you know, of course, you know, you know with it, you know, having such a low acceptance rate, I was, you know, I did have, you know, safety schools, especially like my state school, like the mm-hmm. University of Alabama. And yeah, that was like, that was the school that I was going to go to if I didn't go, if I didn't get into you know, Stanford or the other schools that I applied to. Um, but I think what 
what really stood out in my application, or at least that played a role in my application, is the is that um, you know, with me being a low income student, you know, I I applied for the Jack Kent Cook Transfer Scholarship, and I and um, I got it. I got the scholarship, and when uh, when <laughs> when I was announced, you know, when I was um, informed that I was a semifinalist for it this that this was when like it's i started getting emails from like all these big schools you know asking me to apply to, to them and i didn't even consider applying to them you know at first but once you know this was an opportunity that showed up and it was like and i thought well you know why not <laughs> go ahead and try it out and yeah so i applied to those schools and then uh once i got the scholarship you know, I informed these schools that, you know, I had gotten it. And then uh, once decisions came out, um, you know, a lot of them were acceptances. And when I was informed that I was um, a winner, of this, one of the winners of the scholarship, I sat my mom down and I was like, Mom, you know, this was a really big, you know, this is a really big scholarship. And I just want to say thank you so much for the sacrifices that... That you made because without it, I would not have these opportunities right now. And I know that sounds so <laughs> corny, but like I really wanted to thank my mom for the sacrifices she made because it was yeah she again you know uh, for a while she was a single mother mother taking care of five kids working two jobs and yeah so I was like uh, so it was just a really this. My success was a testament of the was you know um, a, a testament of the sacrifices that my mom made, and I'm just very grateful for her. And yeah, and now I'm here at Stanford. <laughs> I love it. Well, we can dedicate this episode to your mother. Well. Thank you so much, honestly, for opening up about your story. I know it's not easy to kind of share going through struggle, um, but I really think that this can help people. It's just, it's so refreshing to sort of hear what you went through and how how hard you worked and came out of it. And I just, I really want to thank you uh, for taking the time to just share and being so open to do so. Well, thank you for giving me this platform to share my story. <laughs> of course. Uh, so we'll have your, you know, your socials linked below mm. if people want to connect with you. Can't wait to meet you on campus in person one day. Yeah, definitely. You should, yeah, you yeah. should come hang out with us. I mean, well, with, you know, the restrictions and all stuff like that, you know, probably not possible right now, but well, eventually. <laughs> yeah, eventually. <laughs> We'll get there. Right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Transfer Tea. Check back in next Tuesday for another interview.